0: Welcome to the Modern Classrooms Project Podcast with Kareem Farah, Kate Gaskell, and me, Zach Diamond. Each week, we bring you discussions with educators on how they use blended, self-paced, and mastery-based learning to better serve their students. We believe teachers learn best from each other, so this is our way of lifting up the voices of leaders and innovators in our community. This is the Modern Classrooms Project Podcast. Hello and welcome to
1: episode number 42 of the Modern Classrooms Project podcast. My name is Kareem Farah and I'm the co-founder and CEO of the Modern Classrooms Project. I have been excited about a lot of podcast episodes in the past. I've had the privilege to chat with some incredible teachers and colleagues. Not sure I've ever been more excited though because today's podcast episode is about the student experience and I have the wonderful privilege of having one of my former students, who's now in college, Jamie Mims, here to share about her experience learning in a modern classroom and what impacts it had for her as she left high school and went on to college. So I am super, super pumped about this. If you've seen the Edutopia, you may actually know Jamie Mims. She was in the Edutopia video. Um, But she is now here with us to have a wonderful conversation. So Jamie, how are you? Welcome.
2: Hi, how are you? I'm good. Well, first of all, the way we want to
1: start things off, Jamie, is we want you to tell the world a little bit about yourself. So, talk a little bit about your background, where you're from, where you went to school, how old are you, what you want to do when you grow up. Give us the full kind of story about you.
2: Okay. um, Hi, my name is Jamie Mims. My pronouns are she, her. Um, I'm currently a junior at Hood College. Um, in Frederick Maryland with a double major in Spanish and criminal justice, a focus in law. I'm currently nineteen years old. My birthday's in November. So if you guys wanna give me a birthday present, that's <laughs> that's well appreciated. Um, no, but um yeah, I'm nineteen. I live in the District of Columbia. Um, I went to Eastern Senior High School. I graduated uh as an I B student. What else? I think that is it about me. I think you Um, covered it. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's it. And I had the pleasure of having um, Mr. Fer as my IB math teacher, uh, which is international baccalaureate, for my junior and senior year of high school.
1: Awesome. Well, Jamie, I I think the goal here today is to really share with our community of listeners what it was like to learn in a modern classroom. And in particular, I think what's going to be unique about sharing your experiences. You started learning the model in your 11th and 12th grade, which is pretty late. So you actually, for most of your educational career, actually learned in a more traditional format. So I think it's going to be really interesting for listeners to just hear what it was like to, to make that transition. Um, yeah. And you made that transition in, in one of my first years implementing it. So can you just first share a little bit more about what it was like to get introduced for the first time to a modern classroom in my class?
2: Um, I could definitely say I had from grades 10 and down to, um, learning traditionally where the Orthodox way of teaching from the teacher standing in front of you and, um, more like college style where the professor is just talking, talking, you get the homework. It's more hands-on, I can say. So, um taking that transition into the modern classroom, it was really hard. I, I could not, I could not understand it. I did not know why we had to work on a laptop. I was, I was, I was like the reluctant child, you know? It definitely was, it was uncomfortable at first my junior year because I'm like, I got two years of high school left. Why do I have to learn a new way of teaching? But, um, because Fer introduced it to us as a as a new style in a more self direct direction. It was very adjustable. I was able to adapt to it like really really pushing towards end of junior year into senior year. So it wasn't it wasn't that hard to adapt to, but at first it was really uncomfortable because every other class that I had excluded math was traditional. <laughs> we had we had the teacher and we had, you know, the books and stuff. So I could definitely say it was fairly 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 new. But now it um it I can remember I see a year it was more like, Oh, I know what I got to do next, I know what I got to do. Um by next week, I know what, how to prepare before the exam that we have and then before the final. So it became like more um what's the proper word to say? It became more it became more old than the new new. You know what I mean?
1: I do. I do. I mean, and you got really good at navigating the model, especially in your in your senior year. Yeah. And I mean, for listeners, just to understand from my perspective, who Jamie was as a student, Jamie was incredibly ambitious. Um, Jamie was really passionate about being successful at school. Um, but I think as Jamie shared just now, you know, Jamie oftentimes would question when things would change or, you know, would be a different situation. She would question whether it was actually productive and good for her. She was, you know, effective at really articulating always and and just challenging the status quo. So just because someone told her to do something or just because they said that was the right next thing to do she wasn't just going to assume that was the case. She needed to actually see the evidence that it was effective. So rolling out the model like this, which I'm sure many listeners have experienced with certain students, she wasn't just going to say, cool, great, I'm in, this is awesome, let's do it. But instead, she was going to be skeptical, push back and ask questions. And ultimately, I think it's fabulous when students do that. And when you can prove to students like Jamie that the model is actually effective and useful, you realize just how impactful it is. So when you actually started learning in the model can you be a little bit more specific about the parts of it that you had concerns about or frustrations with what specifically about the watching of instructional videos the working at your own pace and the grading of mastery what were the parts that made you most uncomfortable at first
2: I was really, I used to be really upset at um, Mr. Ferreira. Like, why you can't just explain it to us? Why do we have to watch a video? <laughs> um, I definitely remember me asking those questions a lot during um, the year because I was just, I was first day. I was very reluctant. I did not want to. I did not want to adapt to a new learning style. I figured I already struggled with putting. I don't know if a lot of the students have this in math, but I would just answer the question and. Mr. Ferrer would be like, "Well, show me the work," and I'd be like, "Well, why do I gotta do that?" And so, taking that already fighting that type of um, putting your, you know, your evidence on paper, it was like not evidence. Listen to me talking about law. Um, putting your um, putting <laughs> putting the problem on the paper and like showing how you're actually solving it um, was already. Kind of frustrating to me because I was like, I, well, I got the answer. Why does it matter how I got the answer? And then moving on to the modern style classroom, you had to, you had to really write your own notes. You had to listen, um, to the instructions. You had to follow it detail by detail. And I just, I used to be like, well, why can't you just tell it to us? Why you can't you just put it on the board? And we, why you can't you just make the, the, um, write down the notes for us and hand it out. I was like lazy. I didn't want to do anything because I was used to that traditional, well, here, this is how you do it. The instructions are already laid out to you. It wasn't really critically hands-on. The physical part was there um, traditionally, but when you got a part of the modern classroom, it was more, what do you take away from this? And if you miss something, how did you miss it? And when did you miss it? So it was really important to as gradually as I got, you know, along with the program, I was able to see like, oh, well, when he explained it, I probably would have missed some things. And now I'm able to go back and double check and look at my own notes. Because if I miss something within my own notes, that means I wasn't paying attention fully as I should have been. And you can't go back in time to lectures that a professor or a teacher gives you. So being able to use that style was like Really, it was really hard at first because I, I really hated writing my own notes. I even hated showing how I got the answer to a math question. So I could definitely say that that was like the more in-depth part of why I was reluctant. But then it gradually got better. And I mean,
1: what I'm hearing a little bit, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that most of the classrooms that you were in growing up kind of held your hand through the process. Exactly you didn't actually need to be in the driver's seat of your own learning. You weren't controlling it. Like you could just assume that if you come in and you sit down, like the teacher is actually going to do a lot of the work for you. You just got to go through the motions and do what they say. And that this model actually put pressure on you to drive the learning experience. Is that a good summary?
2: Uh, It's a a great summary because that's how it was. Literally, we would go into class already knowing um, the traditional courses. We already know that they did this for many years to come so they already have the outline of what students need to grasp and the overall concept and it didn't make you critically think about your own your own notes and how you how you learn because in college I had to learn the hard way my professors weren't out here giving me um reading instructions so we had to learn how to take notes and Mr. Ferris stressed that a lot when you get in college it's not going to be like your other traditional courses do you remember saying that a lot fair?
1: I certainly do. I remember telling you guys all the time that the ultimate challenge is that transition
2: it It was so self directed yeah it definitely was self self driven self directed because if I missed something, then that was at my own fault because it was there, and I just wasn't paying attention so it it forced me it forced me to learn how to take notes it forced me to pay attention. And it forced me to listen because I'm argumentative, I over-talk, I'm loud. And so it just forced me to do the opposite.
1: Yeah, and and talk a little bit more about, so the first round of this and If anyone's wondering, trust me when I say I remember vividly, (laughs) Jamie, uh, not particularly excited about the model. So for those of you out there who worry about the students who push back, (laughs) it's okay. There is hope at the end, um, because as you can see, Jamie clearly came around um, and realized the benefits and actually really grew potentially more than most other students as a result. So stick with it. Now, Jamie, once you did start to get comfortable with it, talk... uh, to me a little bit about what actually about the model did you like a ton? Like what about it made you feel like, okay, I can, I can do this. And I also know it's helping me.
2: Um, what I liked most about it was that, um, I was a busy person and I was able to take it with me. So if I wasn't able to catch up, like with some of my peers, I hated playing with ketchup. I was more of a mustard girl. That was like my slogan back then. I used to be like, um, really upset that everyone was, like, you know, ahead, and i just be, like, well, I gotta do all these different lessons to catch up, and then in order for me to, like, really grasp the concept, I used to, I didn't used to go to the gym, I used to sit in fair room, or I used to sit in the library and try to do a lot of my work, because it was, like, why am I not on pace, and technically it wasn't like that, because fair didn't hold it over our head, we had set deadlines for certain things, but We didn't really have, like, you have you have lesson one to be done by today. It was like, this week you have lessons one through five to get through. We want you to be by lesson five, but if you're not there, you have the weekend to catch up. And so just things like that. It was like a more self-paced. And if you really had questions, you were able to go back to the videos. I stress that a lot because I will miss things. I didn't want to take notes. I was barely focused and it was, it was a pain because it was new and I was like fighting against it. But once I was like able to take it with me, do the work like on my own time and stuff like while I'm at recess or if I'm at home for homework, it was just things like that. Like not being told a set deadline really helped because it just, it was, it made it harder for you to like look at your peers and be like, well, why are we not on the same page? You know, like it was more of a, it was, high school was competitive. And if anyone remember, grades was like, uh, it was it was so important to get at least a B. And especially in math, because math is is, is a really touchy subject to some people. But it was, um, I think that was like the great, the greatest thing I was able to take from it was being on my own time. And not really having to worry about why i'm not caught up in a sense it was like okay i know I'm behind but like i can like catch up on my own time before the deadline of the exam or something like that so
1: yeah and i mean i always tell you this we've known each other for a long time now and you know you often undersell just how many responsibilities you did have yeah um you know for the listeners jamie had an incredible amount of responsibilities for a high school student and she'll never admit it um, because she's always hard on herself. But the reality was, you know, there were days where Jamie could not make it to class for reasons that had absolutely nothing to do um, with Jamie and it would bother her. And it was amazing how unfair it was to Jamie if, you know, what I did that class was deliver a live lecture and you just missed it. And then you're behind and you're playing catch up. So Jamie was one of the students that really thrived with the capacity to be able to always access that content, learn it at her own pace and make up for those days that she wasn't able to make it to class. I always knew that if Jamie wasn't there during our fourth period IB class, I would see her the next day at lunch or after school. She'd say, can I stay after school and go through the lessons? So it goes back to that idea of really thinking about equitable instruction. Like how are we creating instructional environments where any kid can be successful, especially if you're dealing with circumstances out of your control? And Jamie, I think you kind of embodied that because you took advantage every single time of the moments when you could learn on your own time, come ready with questions and use the space as an opportunity to learn when it wasn't necessarily your fourth period IB class. And I think you did that really well. You learned how to do that better and better over time, but even early on, I think you realized the benefit of that. So I think that's great. Yeah. Now you're in college and if I remember correctly, even when you were in high school, I think you liked the model towards the end, but I don't know if you actually fully realized the benefits until you went to college.
2: I can definitely say I undermined it. Like it was like, oh maybe first the only person who's gonna do this in my entire life. I was like, <laughs> maybe this is the only time I get to experience a different type of teaching. And then I went to college and I was like, Fair was right.
0: <laughs> and can you can you
1: share more about what do you mean there? Because I often tell folks all the time when we teach kids through a traditional model
2: you set it up for failure i feel as though the the teaching orthodox way set me up for failure a lot especially between middle school and i want to say ninth grade because i had the expectation that the teacher will always have the answer regardless of you know what i mean like it set you up for failure because it gave you the expectation that your teachers was always going to hold your hand. They always was going to be there. They already had everything like printed out on a piece of paper. And all they was going to do was go through the lecture and you take the, you know, you take bits and pieces and you can put two and two together fairly quickly. So I just thought it, it set me up for failure when it, when it came to, when it came to college, I was like, Why couldn't we do English the way we did math? Why we couldn't do science the way we did math? Why we couldn't do history the way we did math? Because it fairly all turned into the modern classroom, especially with COVID coming on. So I can definitely say, I wouldn't say it set everyone up for failure, but it set me up for failure because I was like, I know my teacher's going to hold my hand, (laughs) Until I got until eleventh grade, and Farrah was like, "I am not holding no one's hand." Right, y'all not y'all not five years old who need to cross the street. Mm-mm.
1: And and to be clear, like what you are saying is the traditional classrooms you learned in, they made you feel like when you went to college, well, my teachers are probably gonna give me a ton of help and a ton of support and walk me through the process. And then when you got to college, that wasn't true, right? Completely. And can you explain, you know, what it felt like going to college and realizing for the first time um, that all your classes, for the most part, don't actually come with that much hand-holding and support? Like, how did you first react
2: going to college? Uh, I, again, I attended Hood College in Frederick, Maryland. The professors were very assertive, and they they told you, "I'm here. I'm here to teach you, but I'm not here to hold your hand." And the syllabus is available if you want to know what we're going to learn throughout the semester. The books are here. You know what chapters to read. I'm not going to constantly remind you. I'm not going to tell you about deadlines. I'm not going to tell you when papers are due. If you don't come to class and you mix and you miss a pop quiz, that's not my fault. Like it was just like they were like, you should already know what to expect. It's I'm not doing any extra and I'm not giving you any less. Take advantage of the syllabus, <laughs> and that that's what it was. It was like okay um they're not they're not like gonna help me they're not gonna <laughs> they're not gonna go into depth a little more about what they're talking about. It was like if you're taking poor notes in class, then that is your fault. I really had that problem with when it came to my freshman year I took And, um, it was fairly like oh my gosh, no one's here to hold my hand, to tell me when I was missing deadlines. Because, you know, you have that party rush going in freshman year. Everyone's like, come on, let's go here, let's go there. And when they say do your work and then party later, that's the truth. Because, oh, did I not? Like, (laughs) I just was like, nobody emailed us telling us that the paper was due by midnight on Thursday. It was, it's just like the little things and, um, like analyzing readings, um, going in, learning about new, like math. I had math. I used to always call fair like, Mr. first she's not listening to me. We're not understanding each other. And, um, it just was hard because no one was there to hold my hand. I was away from home. My mom wasn't there. I wasn't able to just like get up and go into another uh professor Rum who taught the same thing it just it was hard it was like it was really hard it was frustrating um and no one knew like no one knew how to help you you couldn't work with your peers that's like a number one rule in the syllabus because it's like cheating so you don't want to break your honor code and it was, it was a lot yeah i can definitely say it was like oh my goodness
1: well and i mean i think what ultimately happens is like you have to just have personal responsibility, like
2: yeah, you gotta be disciplined exactly. and I was not disciplined to the fullest extent as I am now, and i was I was not disciplined um I, assignments was rolling in, and you get like three weeks to do one assignment, and you'll be like, "Oh, I forgot, and they're like, "How did you forget it was on the syllabus, and you're at fault at that point, and you no longer want to be at fault come next semester because they're going to be like, you've been here for almost five months now and you should know what to do, (laughs) you know?
1: Right, right. Well, and one thing I want to talk a little bit more about because I think it comes up in what you just described is time management. Can you share a little bit about how a modern classroom helps you build time management skills and then why that matters for college?
2: The time management with the modern classroom in high school definitely gave you a sense of Okay, everything needs to be done by this date because you have an exam on this date. And it was like, how am I going to get all these assignments done with the exam coming up? Because I still have to create out fairmeters, create our own study guides to then take the exam. So if you weren't if you weren't getting at least, I want to say three assignments done by the end of the week, then me personally, because I I'm like a, I wouldn't say slow. I took my time, I procrastinated a lot. I took my time, and um I definitely did not want to be behind, but I also didn't want to um overjump the bullet and didn't pay attention to half of the lectures. I used to skip through lectures and then come the exam. It was like parts of the lecture that was on the exam, and I missed it because I skipped it, so definitely had to go back and um just take my time. I had to learn how to take my time and I rushed through the lectures. I also had to learn how to take my own notes because that was something new to me. I did not know how to take notes at first. And um, I didn't even know how to make a, a study guide. So I definitely had to learn time management because everything was fairly new and traditional courses didn't give me the opportunity to you know, get the jump on it because if they did, I wouldn't have struggled with that. Definitely my junior year of high school. So um, I just had to learn, and I missed class often. As first day, not often, but there were days where I weren't there, and I had to make up for that time. Given lunch after school, either day, um, I had the you know to go in and play catch up because I just was like time was like so important. It it, co- it forced you to be organized in the sense of. When to have certain things done, and it definitely helped in college. Come in the in the freshman semester when I when the parties were really put put to the end of the the list of the to do things, you know, with your friends and stuff. Because I was like, "My, I'm paying all this stuff. I'm going into debt. I'm paying for books. I also work while I was in school full time, so I had to learn when to be at work and do work, and then." went to focus on this class and then went to focus on that reading. It just it just made you be disciplined. I used to think I could get away with little things. And then in college, it was like, you can't miss this reading because the entire discussion is about a book and the professor's calling you. You had to do the readings. You had to do the homework. Even if it was listening to a podcast like we're doing now, you had to do those little things. And I had to make time for that in between work, life, and home. So it was like, I could definitely say without the modern classroom, I promise you I would have still been like, oh, my professors are going to be, they're going to be there for me. I can just be like, I'm coming to class tomorrow. No, you missed one class. You about three weeks behind. And you'd be like, I missed one class. And it's not like that. So definitely forced me to grow up. I can say that there
1: well and I mean I, you know for for the folks out there I think a lot of times the toughest part about rolling out the model with students is is the benefits of the model can be immediate but sometimes they take a while to realize especially for students and I think we're hearing a great example of this with Jamie is like the biggest benefits of the model actually came to life when you weren't in high school or middle school or elementary school when you were actually out of those environments and you realize like, hold on a second, like there is not that many support systems for me. So I got to figure this out myself. And if you don't know how to figure stuff out yourself, if you don't know how to navigate an instructional video and take your own notes, if you don't know how to study, if you don't know how to find a peer to collaborate with, you're just kind of out of luck because no one's going to do that for you in college. And when we think about setting kids up for success, we have to think beyond the test that they're taking at the end of the school year or the test that they're taking at the end of the unit. We have to think about those 21st century skills that obviously, Jamie, you're talking about time management, self-direction, like being able to actually use the tools and resources around you. And I think that that's super powerful. And you got really good at it. And by the way, Jamie's making it sound like she was struggling like crazy in college. But you know, I talked to her about oh, every month, at least, and she did quite well in both her freshman year and her sophomore year. So she ended up excelling. But it sounds like when you got there at first, it was a little bit shocking. Like, whoa.
2: Yeah, it definitely was. Even with the, the resources that we have in colleges, you have to do the work first and still make time to get the help and then submit it. So it wasn't like I could write the papers, send it to the student help center, like, you know, go in there. And get them to help me read through my paper. It was like, no, you had to write that entire paper, or to get at least h- halfway through your paper, take it to them. They're not even going to give you the answers. They're going to be like, "Well, what do you think about this paragraph here?" And it's like, I thought the paragraph was perfect, you know. And <laughs> oh, I thought the I thought the the math equ- I thought I solved the math problem right. And they're like, "Well, what do you think about it?" And now I have to go back and look at everything that I took notes on. And I'm like, oh, well, I, cl- I clearly see now when you point it out, I missed a couple steps. But I still would not have been able to even go get help from the car-, the car center if I did not plan it. Because it was like, if my paper's due Thursday, I know I gotta be done with this paper by Tuesday, go to them on Wednesday, edit it Wednesday night, Thursday evening, and submit it before the deadline. So it was like, thank you, fair. I didn't even... You know, I didn't even realize how much of an impact that the modern classroom had on me until you really started to sit and think, where did I learn these skills from? And I can definitely say, because in high school, I didn't really pay much attention to it because Farrah was, I believe he was the only teacher that I had that taught with this new type of teaching style. So to take that and compare it with the seven other classes that I had, it was like, you wasn't not really focusing much on the impact that it had then because it was like I got seven other classes to worry about but when it became your reality in college you're like, oh my goodness. I like that skill from when I was in the mom classroom and we had to take the laptops and we had to, you know, so it was like these little little details that played a significant role in my college experience now.
1: I always said I tried to run a classroom that felt like a college library, like the, the center in the college library where kids could talk. Because everyone's just kind of in there trying to figure stuff out.
2: <laughs> you used to force us to work together. If you don't know, go see your, go see your peer. <laughs> I'm the last resource in the classroom. Exactly. You forced us to get out of comfort zone to always run into the, to the teacher first. I, I remember that clearly because you can't run to your professor with every problem. They're going to tell you, stop emailing them.
1: Of course. Of course. <laughs> so,
2: it forced you to work with your peers. I, I remember me and Joseph Satoni.
1: He was a collaborator. He was ready to work. Yeah. yeah.
2: He was, he was like, well, okay, I'm going to be in first room at lunchtime or being here at school. So it was like, okay, I need help. <laughs> he definitely was willing to help and sit down with you and talk you through it. Like, well, I see that you missed this. And he wasn't, he wasn't like, you know, shy about it. He was going to tell you what it was. And I thought, I think that's why me and Joseph butt heads a lot, but <laughs> <laughs> he definitely helped. And, um, even with my other classmates, Farrah forced us to talk to each other and to learn from each other before running to Farrah with every problem that we had. And I thought that was pretty cool because I have to do that now in college anyway.
1: Well, you didn't think it was cool then, but you definitely think it's cool now. No, I, can I, tell hated, you that, it. But...
2: I hated it. I hated it. He's like fair, fair, fair. Used to be like, mm-mm. I just like, but fair, mm-mm. but mm-mm. I used to be so upset at you, fair. Oh my goodness.
1: I, uh, I certainly remember, <laughs> folks, I used to sit at my desk and Jamie would just stand there mad, <laughs> wouldn't even move because I told her I wouldn't help her. So, I mean, ultimately, that lesson, though, was learned. And, and by the end, you wouldn't have even noticed it. You would have walked into my modern classroom and seen Jamie collaborating with her friends like Deja and, and Joseph tackling problems. And there were times, w- w- which I think is some of my best memories of, of being Jamie's teacher, we're at the end of her senior year, if I tried to go help her before she actually tried it herself, she would tell me to back off. <laughs> and I think that that's so powerful because she learned towards the end of that experience that, you know, ultimately, if I can't figure this out on my own and try on my own, then I'm not actually preparing myself for the future. So I think that's really exciting. Now, Jamie, um, a couple more questions I want to ask. The first is, if you were talking to a new group of students right now, they're going back to school. And they have a teacher that's teaching a modern classroom and it's their first time. And then you're talking to the students. What advice would you give the students who are about to start learning in a modern classroom for the first time?
2: You know, that song that goes like, don't rush. Uh -uh. Don't Don't rush. Oh my goodness. Do not rush. Do not compete with, you know, stand, you know, staying up to date with your classmates. It's okay. If you're, If you're a lesson behind, it's okay if you're a lesson ahead. Work together. Please work together. Don't compete. Um, It's definitely not a competition at the end. College does not um, care about what your classmate was doing at the end of the day, but they care about what you did and your grades and your impact on yourself, so... Don't rush, take your time, be open to failure because you're not- it's not saying that you're not gonna get it right away, but it's not gonna come easily um it definitely shouldn't come too hard, but it's okay if you're a lesson behind it's okay if you're a lesson ahead and have faith in yourself you're gonna you're gonna excel whether you know it or not because I used to be so hard on myself, and I think Farrah can agree with that I used to be so hard on myself, so um definitely be open to new, new things. Question everything. If you don't, (laughs) if you don't understand, make sure you, you ask yourself why you don't understand before you go to the teacher and try to navigate with your own speed. Don't try to compete. It's not, a it's not a rush. It's just, it's a learning opportunity, which will impact your life significantly. So That would be my main thing. Like, don't rush. It's not a competition. Just make sure you meet your deadlines or at least try to meet your deadlines as, as best as possible. So that would be like my number one thing. And if you don't know, that's okay. Like, it's okay not to know everything. If you see that one topic connects to another topic, try to get that topic first and then double back and see what you missed because Um, fair can tell you I was in Abbey Abbey um the first year of IB before I even took algebra two. So (laughs) it's okay. It's okay if you're a little, you know, unbalanced, but don't rush and don't don't be hard on yourself. It's a new skill, it's a new technique. You're coming back into school from a pandemic, so it's like be okay, be open, you're gonna be fine. That would be my my number one thing to say, Fair.
1: Yeah, no, and I'm glad you said that. And I think folks will appreciate that, the idea of being open. I wish someone told you that four years ago, but it's all right. You learned it the hard way. (laughs)
2: Um,
1: So the last thing I want to ask you is now you're not talking to the students, you're talking to the teacher. And you have a teacher who, for the first time, is going to try using a modern classroom. What advice would you give her, him, or they as they launch their own modern classroom?
2: what I would give to the teachers, 95% of your students might be confused, upset, and angry at you. <laughs> and it's not your fault. They're going to be upset because you got to think it's something new. And when people are are put into a new situation, the first thing that hits them is confusion. And to question, well, why do we have to do it this way if we've been doing it another way for X amount of years? So Bear with the students. Also be very, be very fine with them as well. For instance, if you tell us to be through lessons one through five by the next week, make sure at least 95% of the students are through lessons one through five. Because if you allow for them to only be through lessons one through two, and they've had two weeks, it's like, okay, now you guys aren't taking it serious. You guys aren't really listening to me. And also, remember the chart you used to keep, fair.
1: I do. The tracker.
2: Yeah, you should share that with us. Because it was like, if this group of eighth graders versus that group of eighth graders, y'all both in the same level, and this class is at 85%, and your class is at 15%, you're going to be like, come on, y'all. We got to do the work. We got to get it together. So do the tracker method (laughs) with the kids as well. And let them know that it's okay to be confused but you also gotta take the initiative to unconfuse yourself. Be patient, but also be very, really, really firm with deadlines because before you know it, you'll find yourself two weeks behind and you'll be sitting there like, well, why is everyone two weeks behind? And just expect for everyone to think that it's like something new and put yourself in the student's shoes. If you were given that same type of new environment, 20 years ago, when you were a student, not saying you guys are old, but you know, <laughs> if you guys put yourselves in these shoes, you'll be like, Well, this is not how we learn. But you got to show them and guide them, and even bring in like older students who, who you know, like say, you know, a teacher who's been doing it for two years in your school, you go to them and be like, Hey, can I get at least five of your students to come talk to the other classmates or the, the younger classmen? and um just show them that it's possible and that it's okay it's okay but it's also important that you do your work and and still let them be self-guided um don't really be hands-on as much it's okay to be hands-on like the first month or so but gradually like regress and like stop being hands-on because you not being hands-on will really help them in the real world when they're out being an adult and no one's calling like, hey, did you go to work today? Did you pay your phone bill? Did you do your homework? It's like no one does that once you leave high school. So I would say that that's all I have to say to the teachers.
1: I love it. Well, I mean, ultimately, I think it summarizes a lot of the same feedback and advice we give teachers all the time, which is stick with it. Hold your kids to high expectations. There's kind of a a common idea that people bring up in education called the warm demander, which is a person who is warm and caring, but also holds kids to really high expectations and says, you know what, we're not going to waver here. Ultimately, I think that's what's best for kids, and that's why we believe in that. So I'm a huge believer in that.
2: You gotta they gotta um the teachers gotta go by the phrase, I rather you learn and not like me than for you to like me and not learn. So
1: Exactly. Um, well, Jamie, this was extremely useful. I know the listeners are actually going to just love hearing your thoughts and just sharing your feedback. I think a lot of folks are doing this model now and it's hard. It's hard to roll out something new as the teacher. It's hard, hard to roll out something new as, uh, and, and experience it as the student. But ultimately... It works. You saw the benefits of it. The impacts are real um, and it can make a profound difference. So you've heard it today, everyone, from an actual student, someone who I taught who is now in college and seeing the real benefits. So hopefully this gives folks some hope and some excitement around the impacts that you've already had on students and the impacts that you'll have moving forward. Jamie, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it.
2: You're welcome. You're very much welcome. And I can definitely say it's had a positive impact on college. I'm now able to know when to take my laptop and when to go relisten to lectures and retake notes and really learn how to be, be independent and not really need help as much as I did when I was in high school. Now I know what to expect. I know what's coming. I can definitely say that's a huge thanks a round of applause a round of
1: applause <laughs> awesome well that's all folks Jamie thank you again we'll be back at it next week as always you can access our content at www.modernclassrooms.org the free course at learn.modernclassrooms.org to our summer institute participants some of you are starting on June 28th for session one super super excited to have you all and I think that covers it folks bye everyone
0: Have a great week, and we'll be back next Sunday with another episode of the Modern Classrooms Project podcast.